Why don't you just lift your hands right where you are and let him love on you once again tonight. Let the love of God come and meet you right where you are once again. Your all-knowing Heavenly Father knows exactly what you need in this moment today. He's sending the Comforter. He's sending the Holy Spirit to come and meet your needs with the love of God, with the peace of God, with the confidence in who He is in your life and in mine, that He has everything in His hands. He goes before you and He prepares a way. He comes behind us and He hedges us in. And just in case we didn't know, His right hand is upon us, protecting us around every corner. Father, I just pray that you would draw near to your children. God, that as we seek your face tonight, Lord, would you help us to let the walls come down, the walls of hurt, the walls of pain, the walls of rejection, Lord, even the walls of fear, that those walls would come down in our life and we would let you be God. Would you come and teach each one of us about who you are, who you are in spirit, who you are in truth. Come, Lord, with your loving kindness. Minister life, hope, minister healing to each and every one of us. God, you know the brokenness that's here. You know the depths of our very being. Come, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, with your fire, with your provision. You are very present help in time of need. Very present help in time of need. There's someone that even today you had the very thought, I feel like I'm going to break in half. And he says, I'm here for you. I am your very present help in time of need. Would you fall upon the rock? Fall upon the rock tonight. Break yourself upon him. Pour out your alabaster box. Let him be your very present help tonight. He's even bringing, bringing back the remembrance even now of some of you as young children long time ago. You've forgotten moments you've had with the Lord. <laughs> He's bringing back those to your remembrance. Remember when. Remember how sweet I came to you, even then. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. When I come to you now, says the Lord, will you trust me? Will you trust me? I see a hand outreached. <laughs> What we're doing is just a time of intimacy with the Lord. I see a hand outreached, and 
You know, as we reach out for our children to come and help them, oftentimes they have to sit there and think, do I want to try to do it on my own or do I want their help? And your father's hands outstretched to you even now, trying to meet you halfway. He's saying, you don't have to do this on your own, my beloved. You don't have to do this on your own, not in your own strength. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Will you let me help you? Will you let me help you? If that's you, I just I encourage you right now, with all the all the eyes closed, focused on Christ, that you would lift your hand out to the Lord. Lift your hand out to the Lord as a sign of surrender, as a sign of opening yourself up to Him for who He is. Meeting Him halfway and saying, Lord, Lord, I'll come with you. I don't understand it all. I don't understand life sometimes, God. But I trust you as my shepherd, my Lord. I'll follow you. Follow you. Wherever you lead me, Lord, I'll follow you. Though the arrow flies, Lord, I'll follow you. There are hearts, even now, that are being reassured. God, it's me and you. It's me and you all the days of my life. All the days of my life. All the days of my life, one thing have I desired, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that it's all about you. It's always been about you. Keep me in your presence. Teach me how to drink in your house, Lord that I might gaze upon your beauty, that I might know what David meant, to gaze upon your beauty, oh God. Lord, can you open my eyes to see you? Oh, that I might taste and see that the Lord is good for myself. That I might taste and see that the Lord is good for myself. Do it in my life, oh God. Do it in my life, oh God. Stir it up in my life, oh God. In my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you give the Lord a shout tonight? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sweet and precious moments in the presence of the Lord. I want to read a scripture to you before I get started on our message tonight from Psalms 150. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his acts of kindness 
for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is speaking to me on so many volumes today. It's out of this world. Whew, I might just float away tonight. I might. Ooh. But you know, we had a, we've been having some powerful services, amen. Some mighty powerful services. And Sunday morning was um, a Holy Ghost party. Is that fair to say? And I don't know about you, but I had an absolute blast in the Lord. There's so much freedom and so many people getting set free. You know, it's in his presence that's fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures evermore. And there's things that happen in a moment of time in his presence that nothing on this earth can compare to. Nothing, nothing, nothing can set a person free like his presence. And what we're doing in this house, we're creating atmospheres that say, come. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and reigns in you and I. Think about that. The same spirit that raised him from the dead. That's a powerful, powerful spirit. That's the spirit we're inviting in this house and saying, God, can you raise the dead? Can you call the Lazaruses out? that are sitting in the pews, dead and dying and broken. We want to see your kingdom come on this earth. And when does that kingdom come? That people are no longer walking in darkness. That people are no longer walking in hurt and in pain and in shame, but walking in victory in Christ Jesus. Living testimonies, walking epistles of the Lord. That's what we're doing here. And so Sunday was wild. And, so, and, and that's okay, right? Heaven's going to be wild. If y'all haven't figured that out, heaven's going to be a little wild with a whole lot of worshiping and praising when we're in the presence of the Lord. But I want to spend a little bit of time, you know, Wednesday night, it's hard to do a lot of teaching on Sunday morning. But, you know, Wednesday night, you know, with our, like Zach said, with our core group of people want to be able to take time and talk sometimes about what's happening. It makes people uncomfortable sometimes, amen? Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing yeah, Zach, to be quite honest, Zach and I both got a little uncomfortable Sunday morning for a moment, for a couple things, and, um, and that's okay, because we'll keep things in order, but, um, whew, thank you, Jesus, but when, when people begin to, we want people to be free to dance in the Lord, and to um, use instruments, and to, you know, have a joyous moment, I do that. There's freedom in that. And so that's, that is biblical. That's biblical. And so when we have a Holy Ghost party in the house, we're creating an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere when we glorify him, when we honor him, when we worship him, he comes. And when he comes, there's freedom. When the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And, you know, if you see so many people, how many times have you seen people walking through the halls of school, through the grocery stores, wherever we're at, and they're walking like this in absolute brokenness? And have you ever ha just wanted to come up to him and hug him and say, it's going to be okay. Can you, just, can you just lift your head for a second? 
You're worthy. You're, you're worthy. You're beautiful. You're created in his image. Just lift your head. And, and, and so really those moments, those environments like Sunday morning allow the broken to be made whole. Allow things to be broken off of them. And so if people want to dance around a little bit and get a little crazy in the house, I'm all right with that. When it gets a little out of line, we're just going to do like, just like we did Sunday. You just keep right on receiving, but we're going to have a seat. Okay, here we go. Sit down right here, baby. It's okay. We're, that's our job. We're gonna, our, our job is to not only create those atmospheres to let the Lord reign, but to come and bring correction and, and walk people down it. And I'd rather have a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. Because I want people, I want this house to be a house that's alive. Amen? And so we'll walk it through. You see something you're uncomfortable with or you're not sure what it is? Give us a call. Come ask. It's no problem. Come and talk to us. If we have it, so one of the things that happened, I didn't even see. I'm like, why didn't y'all tell me how to fix that? You know, so come and let us know. If, you don't, if you're not comfortable that morning, you know, call us, send us an email. You know, we're in the offices on Monday, and, and we'll be happy. If it is biblical, we'll walk you through it. If it's not, we'll, we'll, we'll correct it. Amen? Yeah. Y'all good with that? Yeah. Awesome. So the other thing was so cool. I've had a heavy few days. Um, we have the Hobson funeral tomorrow, and um, y'all know we had a women's rehab in New Orleans, and um, one of our first graduates um, who suffered with depression um, committed suicide this week. And so um, that mixed with the normal revival drama, it's been a heavy week. You know, it's always revival when you get <clears throat> told off, told off for being you. And so after being told off today, I, you know, prayed in tongues for a long time. And the way I went home to, and, and God, got, God was glorified in it. Um, honestly, it all worked out. And I went home looking at how beautiful the gospel is and how when you just hide yourself in Christ, it all works out. And all these things weighing on me and go home. And I went outside and we have a, a little patio area and I sat on outside and I turned on worship and I just began to worship him. And Jenna came home and I just, and, she, and she's sitting outside with me and I could have cared less. And I just start praying in tongues and worshiping in tongues and found myself praying for the very people that were, you know, screaming at me and fussing at me and in such love and in such humility and overwhelmed with, for this church and this community. And as I'm going back and forth in English and in tongues, I look up and I, there was so many birds tweeting, tweeting, sorry. There were so many birds tweeting and chirping. And I'm serious, there was like 20 or 30 on this line and this, this deal. And this scripture came to me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Heather, you're just singing the song in creation. And it's all, all the comings and goings that have happened this week, the, the horrible and the not so horrible and all of it, it's all singing the praises of our God. And so won't you sing that song with me tonight, amen? So we're going to start with point number two on why we are speaking in tongues. And we go, the first scripture we're going to go to is Jude, starting in verse 20. The New American Standard Bible says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. The Good News Translation says, But you, my friends, keep on building yourselves up on your most sacred faith, 
pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we see here that the speaking in tongues joins us together and makes us walk in unity and in fellowship. How many of you know, even within your marriages, sometimes it's hard to walk in unity? Come on. And not only in a marriage, but how about just an entire family dynamic? Come on. With all your children, your in-laws, your mom and daddy, your cousins. And it can get a little wild just at a family reunion. Can I get an amen on that? How much more the church body? We come from so many different demographics, economically, socially, our schooling, the way we're raised. We start going into all those dynamics, and we got a whole lot of diversities in the house. Come on. whole lot of diversities. The only thing you and I really have in common with all the people in this room is the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. And one of the ways that we come together in, in, in unity in him is as you and I begin to pray in the Spirit. As we pray in the Spirit, we're, we're yielding up ourselves, building up ourselves in the Holy Ghost, united in him. It's no longer I praying, it's no longer you praying, it's him praying through us to the Father. And you and I can become united in one voice, in one language. That's the language of heaven. And so we look in the Old Testament, in Genesis, starting in Genesis 11:1, 1, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. So in the beginning, there wasn't all these different dialects of Filipino and, um, Jenna, what's some languages we've been to? Spanish, French, huh? The Afrikaans, all the different languages around the world. That wasn't in existence back then. Back then, we all spoke the same language, and everyone was walking together, working together. But in, in um, Genesis 11, starting in verse 4, it says, They said, Come, this is the people, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name. Come on, we could all have related to that or seen it. Otherwise, we'll be scattered abroad over the whole face of the earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and, con down and confuse their language, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. So if they had been unified, there would have been nothing impossible for them. And so back in Genesis, the Lord came down, scattered us all across the earth, gave us all different languages, and, and caused division amongst the people. And unfortunately, can we say it's only intensified in division. But... Thanks be unto the Lord Jesus Christ. One more thing the gospel provides for us is unity in the body. As you and I surrender to the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in other tongues, it unites us under one language. That's the language of heaven. 
What took place at, the, at Babel was reversed on the day of Pentecost. We see in Acts 1.14 that these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In the book of Acts, they were all gathered together one pace one place for the purpose of him. They were all seeking him, seeking him in one accord. And so we find in Acts 2, 1, what happens? When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And like a sound of a rushing mighty river filled the whole place. Tongues of fire came. And they all began to speak as in other tongues. This was just like the day at Babel. But at Pentecost, they were together to glorify the name of Christ, not the name of man. And that's going to be a key area in our walk. As we begin to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and we're praying in other tongues, it's not about lifting ourselves up. It's not about, oh, look at me, look at me. It's not a place of, we've talked about this last week, it's not a place of maturity. To say, oh, I pray in tongues, I pray in tongues. You can get born again and in that same moment get baptized in the Holy Ghost and have your heavenly language. It doesn't mean you're any more mature than the next. But as you and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, we begin to lift up the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will always glorify Him. You and I in our natural mind, even with the best intentions, can bring attention to ourselves or attention to man or attention to our own desires. But as we begin to yield to the Holy Spirit, praying in the ghost, we glorify him. We're unified in one language to glorify Christ Jesus. And really the language of heaven is a million different dialects. But at the same instance, it's the language of heaven. Unknown to man. Amen? Speaking in tongues also, oh, I love this. This is a quote from the book. Um, we are to flow together with one mind, one heart, one accord, one purpose. As we pray in the Spirit, the love of God is poured out and released in our lives. This incredible supernatural love is the source of unity in the body of Christ. Keep yourselves in the love of God, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray together, something happens in the Spirit that knits your hearts together in love by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the love of God. Something supernatural takes place. We talked about this over and over every week. Romans 5.5 5 is what? But the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so as you and I are praying in the Holy Ghost, it's his love being poured into us to overflow. Because as we're baptized in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, it's a baptism. It's a saturating. It's, it's a um, taking on of another nature. It's Christ himself overflowing in our lives. So the love of God begins to overflow. So how can I hate someone that I'm in the body of Christ with, that I'm praying for, praying with in that moment? How can any hate towards that person come out when the Holy Spirit is the love of God? How can you and I not help but be unified? You know, prayer night's coming up Sunday night. Oh, my goodness. If you're, we're not sure where the church is going and what's happening. Oh, my goodness. Great things being to the Lord Jesus Christ. Join me in prayer. Come, come, join me in prayer. Join me in the Holy Ghost. Let the love of God shed abroad in our hearts come bubbling out because you and I won't have division anymore. We won't have division. We cannot help but be unified in him as we yield ourselves up in the Holy Ghost. That's exciting. 
That's exciting because it's the love of God. The love of God accepts. The love of God fully understands your purpose and your meaning and the intents of our hearts. The love of God helps us to begin to fully understand why we are the way we are and do the things that we do and how your vision and my vision connect simultaneously in him to bring him glory and to bring us satisfaction in him. It's not about us conforming and all looking alike. It's about us uniting in one person. And that's Christ Jesus. And one of those ways is to pray in tongues. Amen? Speaking in tongues builds ourselves up in our most holy faith. And I texted one of our board members today. I said, I'm practicing what I preach. I am building myself up in my most holy faith. And I needed to. You know, you, sometimes you just feel like you get whopped upside your head. And um, I needed to build myself up. I needed to get out of the natural realm and into the supernatural realm. Jude one twenty once again says, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Just as you and I have five senses in the natural world, we have taste, we have hearing, we have sight, we have touch, we have smell. It's the same thing in the supernatural. Same thing in the spirit realm. And as you and I begin to get out of the natural and get into the supernatural, as we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we begin to keenly be aware of our spiritual senses. You know, have you ever been in a room when all of a sudden you smell the rose of Sharon? When all of a sudden there you are and you can smell heaven come down. Or, you know, if you ever see my husband up here and all of a sudden he kind of stands there. And he turns around, he tells Joe something like this with the drums, or he's telling Grace or the guitar. He doesn't play instruments, by the way. But he hears the sound of heaven. It's the coolest thing to watch. Because all of a sudden, a moment of time, he crosses over and his spiritual senses are keenly aware. And so that's building ourselves up in our holy faith that we're stepping out of the natural into the supernatural, that we can begin to be aware of what's going on in the spirit, not what's going on around us. What's going on around us can be quite devastating. Have you ever noticed that? When you look at your nat, when you look at the bank account sometimes, when you look at your situation with family and friends and work, all of a sudden you can get a little freaked out. But as we begin to yield ourselves up to the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, we're no longer praying in our natural, we're praying in the heavenly language. We're aware of what's happening in O City, O City of God. And that's what happened to me as I was sitting outside on our patio furniture and all of a sudden I heard the tweeting and the twerping and realized I wasn't alone in praising. I wasn't alone. And then you look up and you see all those birds. And it was, I've never seen so many birds at one time. Maybe you have them in here in Ohio, but that was a kiss from heaven for me. To see all those birds together chirping, glorifying him with me. And so as we begin to pray in other tongues, we do build ourselves up and our most holy faith. Mm. Another quote from the book says that we live in a dangerous world riddled with unbelief. Our protection from this unbelief is the tangible presence of God. And as you and I, you and I begin to enter into that supernatural realm, and we begin to, it's like, have you ever noticed that there's a tangible sense of God's presence where you almost feel like you can reach out and slice the room and cut it right open, that it's, that it's so real and so alive? I don't know about you, but I have seen some devastating things and, and been a part of some devastating moments, just seeing the depravity of man. 
but having a tangible sense of the reality of heaven sometimes is all we need. The reality that I'm not alone, the reality that he's right here with me, the reality that heaven comes down to earth. As soon as we begin to step over, cross over and invite that down, we begin to step over into the supernatural. As you and I pray in tongues, it edifies us. 1 Corinthians 14.4, it says, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That word edify is oikodome, okodome. I am not a, a, a language scholar. But that word literally means to build a house. To build a house. As you and I begin to yield as we just begin to yield to the Holy Spirit and we allow him to come and fill our mouth, we begin to build ourselves up. We begin to edify ourselves in him and we begin to lay, lay foundations, stone after stone, day after day, the kingdom of God the faith of God. It's not about you and I coming and, and putting on this, this blanket. You know, and, and there's scriptures and there's messages that we teach about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not putting on a cape and all of a sudden I'm super Christian, super woman, right? And get to walk and everything. No. I don't know about you, but i got to build myself up. I've got to get in a place where I learn to be disciplined in him, where I learn to yield to him, where I learn to cross over, and I begin to build something in my life that's not of the natural. You know, you and I can go to school, we can go to college, we can go get our PhD. You and I can go to the gym, you know, and, and, and get knowledge. You and I can go to the gym every day and have a new trainer every eight weeks to train our bodies to do something else. But what good is that going to do for us on the other side? And I'm all about education, and I'm all about exercise, I'm all about it. But all the more so, I'm about the spiritual disciplines. And the Bible says that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself edifies himself edifies himself he who prophesies edifies the church when we begin to prophesy we build up everybody else's faith we build up the people that we're prophesying over how they know that oh my goodness wow but do you, sometimes do you need to be edified just a little bit do you need to be reminded just a little bit of who he is that, that your problems aren't as big as he is that you, he that he is larger and more capable of anything you and I could ever come across but sometimes we get to the altar, and you know, we get to the altar, we get touched by God. Woo! Woo! Right? And then we go home, and we get smacked upside the head. And then all of a sudden, we're kind of walking like this. But just at the altar, we were here, right here on Sunday. Woo! Woo! Right? And in that moment, nothing could stop us. Right? Nothing could stop us. But we go out in the world and we get knocked up just a little bit beside our head. And all of a sudden, the faith we had right there is long gone. Because those problems are bigger in that moment than what we thought we experienced right here. That's why we go out and pray in other tongues, edifying ourselves. Building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Laying that foundation so as the knocks come. Ask every one of our staff members 
and my friend Greta who came by today if I wasn't walking around this entire building. I got beat up. Can I have a five? I got beat up. And I needed to be built up in my faith. I needed to be reminded of who he was. I needed to be reminded of who I am in Christ. I needed to be reminded of why I'm so offensive for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it's all right that people get a little bit of uncomfortableness in them. It's all right that people want to have a little bit of questions and a little bit of attitude. Because at the end of the day, guess what? The anointing breaks the yoke. So come on and bring it. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and build myself up in my faith. And let's go head to head, toe to toe, eyeball to eyeball. Because at the end of the day, the love of God's going to come right out of me. Pouring on to you, breaking the yoke, and I'm not going to be worried about what's coming at me tomorrow because I know that my Redeemer lives. Do you follow what I'm saying? I can be silly up here all day long, but it's to get us out of our natural mind and what we think we understand about the Holy Ghost and realize that this is serious business. This is serious business. We need the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need to understand the value of the Holy Ghost in our lives. To have a woman that is a precious, mature woman in the Lord tell me today, you know what? I've been praying in tongues for a long time, but I haven't done it in a long time. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that we have got the gift of God in us, the power of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. We have the power in us to change the entire world around us. Not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. That's why we pray in other tongues. Building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Faith keeping us in the love of God. Amen? Y'all still doing okay with this little girl from Louisiana? Woohoo! <laughs> when we pray in tongues, we invite God to come on the scene and help us. Through any weakness we might be fighting, he will bring you to victory in that area through the power of his spirit. Romans 8.26, in the same way the spirit also helps our weakness. How many of you feel weak some days? For we don't know how we should pray as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good for those who love God and who were called according to his purpose. Now I know every one of you hardcore Christians know Romans 8.28. But let's not forget Romans 8.26 and 27. Come on somebody. That he knows how to intercede for you and for me. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. That word, that word helps is santailambatamai. And that means to help in our weakness. He comes and helps our weakness. He comes to take hold of, op of, to, to take hold of opposite together, to cooperate, to assist, and to help. So that means as you and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, in the middle of our problems, when you and I aren't 
tough enough, aren't big enough, don't have it in us to take care of the situation. We can't wrap our minds around it, don't have the wisdom of heaven on what to do. Life's just happening. We're in a whirlwind. And so all of a sudden we start, okay, Jesus. Starts to happen. And what that means is, do you want to get up here real quick? Come on. Oh, let's go. Isn't she glad she knows me today? She's struggling, struggle in life. Struggle. Oh, no, my goodness. And she starts praying in tongues. Yes, and then here comes the Holy Ghost. And he helps us in our weakness. And he begins to pull us along the path of life and help us exactly how we need right in the moment of time. Right in the moment of time. That's the Holy Ghost. He comes right where we are. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have all the answers. We get to say, God, I'm weak. I'm helpless. I'm broken. I don't know what to do. But guess what I do know? I know the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, here he comes. Heather, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Why didn't you get on your knees this morning, girlfriend? And he takes me by the arm. And he picks me up out of that pit and he takes me on the journey he takes me on the journey to heaven he takes me on the journey to victory in him it's not about me it's not about you trying to be the best and have it all together it's about you and I learning that this Christian walk isn't about us having it together it's about us knowing the one who does and saying, I trust you enough to look like a fool. I trust you enough to say, God, I need you. I need you this morning more than I needed you 15 years ago. I need you this morning just like I needed you Sunday morning. And I'm going to trust that you're going to come alongside of me. But I don't need Pastor Zach or Pastor Heather or Pastor Grace to come and fix this for me. Because I've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of me. That's the kind of stuff that happens as you and I begin to yield to the Holy Ghost. That's why we keep saying, can you pray in tongues? Just go home and pray in tongues. Give it a shot. Because it's so important to let God on the scene. I don't know about you, but when stuff happens in life, I know when I'm being a little fireball. I know when I'm being sassy. I know when that thing rises up in me. And what I've learned to do is just back out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Heather, Heather ain't going there. Heather ain't, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Ooh, they don't want to see Heather. Mm-mm. And I crawl away until I can get to a place that it's just me and Jesus. The cool thing is I've got a, we, we work at church. We got a staff. Everybody knows we pray in tongues. We are Pentecostal. A-O-G. So we just pray the Holy Ghost right here. Back in the world, I used to go lock myself in the bathroom at my workplace. Because I knew I needed Christ to come on the scene to help me. So I want to I wanna challenge all of us as, as Pentecostals. Whether you pray in tongues or not. To find ourselves in a prayer closet this week. To find ourselves before God on our faces. Saying, God, I need you. I don't understand the direction we're going, but I understand that I have a hunger for you that I haven't had in a long time. And I don't want to just do church. I don't want to just do life. But I want God to come on the scene in every area of my life. So can you come? 
If you pray in a heavenly language, I encourage you to spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, however much you can give in a day, disciplined for the next seven days. Just go forward with Christ and see what he does. If you're not praying in a heavenly language yet, write down, write down a few things on a paper that, that, um, that you want to thank God for, that you're thankful for him, that he's done in your life. That way it keeps you on track and just begin to worship him. Why? Don't give him your needs because that keeps us in ourselves sometimes. But as you and I begin to honor him, to lift him up, to praise him, it invites him to come on scenes in ways that he couldn't come before. And be disciplined in it and see how he comes. You know, just Sunday morning, we're up here and Zach's praying in tongues. And a lady, um, a lady in church hears the interpretation of one of his tongues. He went from praying in a heavenly language to having the gift of tongues come on him. And, he, and she, all of a sudden, she had the interpretation. Three words came to her and she thought that's really weird God do you work like that I've never had this happen before so she went and she was um, receiving ministry and a woman at the church had no idea what was happening and began to pray with her and as this woman began to pray with her all of a sudden she began to pray the very thing that this lady heard Zach say so later on that afternoon I get an email is this how God works what? He gives a tongue and interpretation and then he gives a word of knowledge or wisdom to confirm that which he's already done? Um, I think that's Jesus. I think Jesus came on the scene Sunday morning. I think Jesus is building up someone's face. And not only that, at 4 a.m. she's up this morning and she's thinking, hmm, I don't know if I can walk this out. I don't know if I can do this. And all of a sudden at 4 a.m. she hears another preacher saying, it's not about fear. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And the devil wants you to, 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 to um, be afraid and to begin to doubt, but God says you're a victory in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of stuff that begins to happen when you and I yield to the Holy Ghost. Supernatural Christian life. I don't want to just live natural. I don't want to just go to church. I want to see lives transformed every day in my life. How about you?